Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> Couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hi, hi Josh. Hi Dan. Hey, you know who's not here again? Taylor. Taylor. Taylor still got the paponia, paponia. Oh, poor guy. You think he's enjoying life right now? Uh, I can tell you he's not. Yeah, you had pneumonia. You passed out at the doctor's office. Yeah, but that wasn't from the pneumonia. That was a totally separate, different what was that from? in a totally different year. That was the flu. Oh, the flu. Yeah. And you passed out, and uh, you got a boo-boo. I did. Yeah, you had to get stitches, right? I had to get several. Yeah, that must have... The wife was with you? Yep. Was she just kind of, like, in shock? Was it, like, when Tony's passing out by the grill and shit? Yeah, basically. <laughs> did, did she, like, freak out? Was she just kind of like, uh... I don't really remember, to be honest. She didn't give you, like, a recollection, or was she annoyed that you passed out? No, she I, she, she told me about it, but I was still kind of out of it when she was telling me about it, and I never, like, revisited it, because I didn't really care. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty, like... You, like, Dude, if something like that happens to me, I'm just like, yep, this is what happened to me. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so how was your week, Joshua? Uh, week was solid. Yeah, nothing to complain about? No. You know, I was having a pretty good week. Today was not a good day. No? I came into work, and our website wasn't working, Uh and it's because uh, a higher up in the company was getting emails for the last year that we needed to update our server, Mm -hmm. and he never decided to send me those emails, you know, the guy in charge of it. Yeah. Uh, when I talked when I talked to the host company about this, like, yeah, we've sent uh, at least eighty five emails, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna uh, uh, lift the suspension right now. But you have till October thirty first to update your Microsoft two thousand three server, <laughs> which those kind of things when you're hosting websites and things, that's not a big deal. Yeah, but 
in the last year that should have happened. Um, I went to an awesome wedding this weekend. Yeah. Um, I got entirely too shit faced. Like, sure I, 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 I told myself when we went there that weekend. It was like the night of the rehearsal dinner. I'm like, yeah, I'll have a couple drinks. I figure, you know, open bar, have a couple whiskeys, you know. Mm-hmm. Then I find that it was an open bar. It was just like bottles of wine. Okay. And I'm like, all right, I got to compensate here. And I compensated by drinking like a bottle and a half of wine. Okay. And I always forget with wine that it gets you really, really fucked up. Yeah. So, you know, I figured after a bottle and a half of wine, three more glasses of whiskey wouldn't hurt too much. Oh. <laughs> and then I took my medicine. Huh. And someone said that I was standing there at one point and it was just kind of wobbling. They said it looked like a uh, finish him in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the most embarrassing part was uh, I remember I was sitting by the fire with a, a friend of ours and she, she gives me a cigarette. And I go to light the cigarette. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, shit's in my mouth. This won't light. I'm smoking it backwards. Uh. One of those. And then the night of the wedding was really good. Uh, we had an incident after the wedding. Uh oh. The landlord and I go back. By the way, I got to give a shout out to this place, Foxfire um, in the Catskills. Unbelievable. Uh, service was great. Uh, so we go up to our room. You know, we're going to get changed and do the after party now. And the landlord walks in first and she goes to turn on the ceiling fan. And, you know, you pull the little uh, lever on the thing. A little, uh-huh. bla- uh, what is it, like a hanging chain thing? Yes. She pulls it and the whole fucking ceiling fan f- light fixture falls from there. Uh-oh. And I punch it so it doesn't hit her in the head because it was going to go right through her skull. And um, we're like, what the fuck? And now it's dangling from live wire. So we get in there. We take out the wire and I go find an employee. And credit to Foxfire because, um, you know, I talked to the general manager. He completely refunded our entire weekend. Which is, um Yeah, I was like, that's the right way to do business. Um, because especially when you're a newer place and you're try- kind of like a blue collar place, it's a really beautiful area. Um, you know, limited cell phone service, but lots of drinking, which is always what I'm down for. Um, so this is episode 71 of You Watch, I Listen. Uh, so why don't we get this out of the way guys it's football season baseball season baseball playoffs are just starting uh for all you losers hockey season just started got some big ufc fights coming up and i know a lot of you like making some extra money on the sports you're watching and there's only one place you should be placing your bets and that's with bet dsi now why should you choose bet dsi and that's because bet dsi has been paying winners for 20 years they're the top rated on betting review sites and it gives you the chance to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash immediately bet dsi has an extremely friendly user interface and mobile site the fastest payouts in the industry It's simple. You play, you win, and you get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. You can bet on MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports. But on top of that, you can place bets on elections, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI, where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play and every minute until the end. New members will get a 100% bonus match by using promo code YWIL, as in you watch, I listen. That's more than double your money to start winning immediately. I play there myself, and I recommend BetDSI if you want to add some excitement to the sports you love or any other sports you are watching. So once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code YWIL and get this limited-time 100% bonus offer plus a free $25 wager to test the waters don't miss out and go make some extra cash this betting season it's only a game until you bet it at bet dsi and josh we have some friends over there too don't we we do we've got a we've got a couple of friends over at uh fudge and fins hashtag a couple of big friends <laughs> shots for likes podcast so guess what bros and broads fudge and fins shot, hashtag shots for likes podcast is bringing video into the mix not only can you continue to listen on itunes google play music spotify tune in iheart radio and stitcher you will now be able to watch them stream their episodes every saturday night after 11 p.m. Eastern. Your favorite booze-consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories. Streaming
streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Visit the links below to watch and enjoy the assholery. Twitch.tv forward slash Shots for Likes Podcast. Mixer.com forward slash Shots for Likes Podcast. Visit Shots for Likes Podcast.com and click on the YouTube icon up top to watch on YouTube. Drink with us. And as always, don't be cunts. cunts. And uh, one more shout out to our guys at Lobo Sound. If you are thinking about advertising, you should call Lobo Sound. If you need a brand new website for your product, you should call Lobo Sound. And that's because Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish have made Lobo Sound a fixture in Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't limited to just Chicago. Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, California. Wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach when you want to reach them on all devices and applications. For more information, call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. That's 630-244-9704. Or you can visit them at lobosound.com. Again, that's www.lobosound.com. And if you mention you watch, I listen, you will get a 10% discount. So visit lobosound.com or call them at 630-244-9704. All right, why don't we get into these? I guess we'll do mine first uh, because we're going to call Taylor. Uh, and talk about uh, Midsummer. Um, so, Josh, you gave the album uh, Circus Survive, Blue Sky Noise. Um, originally, I wrote Blue Sky Survive, and I didn't know why, and now it makes sense because it's Circus Survive. I was just a fucking dummy. Okay. Um, I had heard some Circus Survive through the years, obviously. You know, we all kind of listen to different blends of music and listen to each other's music, whether it's a playlist that I, you know, that I put on randomly, radio station, or one of you guys played it. I was familiar. Uh, I never listened to an album the whole way through. And this album came out, I think, in 2010 it was. Yep. Um, and I went into it with literally no idea what I was going to get. And I got a fucking phenomenal album. Um, from start to finish, there's not a song on here that I was wanted to skip over at any point. Multiple listens, I liked it more and more. It flows very well. The thing that I can give the biggest credit to this album about is the the vocals. That's the kind of voice I usually don't like. High pitch, a little bit whiny, but the blending it with the music, they they seem to play off each other very, very well. Yep. And it, it never at any point became a hindrance to the quality of the album. Mm. So, you know, uh, so a little bit of uh, funny thing about that. So the the, the lead singer of Circus Survive is Anthony Green, who's actually the original lead singer of Sayosin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like him. Well, that's better. why it sounded very. I I like the uh, if I'm comparing them to mm-hmm. Sayosin, I like the vocals more in Circus. Yeah, Survive. I prefer Sayosin with the second lead singer than with Anthony yeah, Green. I, I love Anthony Green. I, I didn't I love... know this was the original Sayosin singer. Yeah, I love old. I like Sayosin in general. Yeah. Um, so I did not know that. So now it makes a lot of sense. So starting off right in the first song, Strange Terrain was a four. Uh, the song you you wanted to highlight was Get Out. That was a four. Another great song. Next one, Glass Arrows, a five. Loved it. I Felt Fire, a four. Imaginary Enemy, a four. Through the Desert Alone was probably my favorite song on this album. That was a five. The next one, originally I wrote Frozen Greek. That didn't make sense. It was Frozen Creek. Another one. That was a five. I had three fives in a row on this album between Through the Desert Alone, Frozen Creek, and uh, Fever Dreams. Um, the only song that I gave less than a four, and it was still a good song, was the acoustic song on it, uh, Spirit of the Stairwell. It's still a really good song, but um, that one just didn't stand out as much. Longest Mile, a four. Uh, ca- how do you say that one? Compendium, mm-hmm. a four. And uh, Died in the, in the Wall was a five so i had four i had uh one two i had five fives on this album wow um so uh, as a whole i i think it'd be anything but unfair if i didn't give this album a five out of five i would put it among the five best albums i've gotten in 71 episodes of this show 
Um, I don't know how I missed this one for this long because uh, this had everything I liked on it. The lyrics were great. The vocals were great. Musically, it was very good. This is, if someone says, you know, what's a great emo album, this will be one of the first ones I recommend going forward. Uh, now, where does this fall in their catalog? Is it their second album, the third, uh, the first? I believe it's the third. So they okay. had a... Uh... Would you say it's their best album? Yeah, that, that's why I gave it to you. I love them, and I like all their albums, and I, I encourage you to go and listen oh, I, to them. I, did, I, I put on just a playlist of other songs after. I'll do that when I tend to like an album. I want to hear some other stuff. And um, I liked everything I heard, but mm -hmm. the, the stuff on this album stood out more than anything else. So this is my favorite album of theirs. Uh, they had two albums previous to this, uh, On Letting Go, which was in 2007, and Jertana. Uh, Okay. which was in uh, 2005. I like Jertana more than On Letting Go, but Blue Sky Noise is by far my favorite. Yeah, of the three. this was there was nothing on this album that was uh, that should have changed. Even with the the Spirit of the Stairwell being a 3, that's just the one that like was probably the most forgettable, but mm -hmm. it's still a 3 out of 5. It was a really good song yep. um and it broke up the the, the the length of the album, I guess I could say, because the the I would say the tempo in most of the songs is very very similar. Some are a little bit faster. This one kind of slowed it down for that last stretch of three songs. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give uh, Circus Survive Blue Sky Noise a five out of five. Cool. Um, all right, why don't we get Taylor on the phone? All right, and uh, see what uh, old uh, Water Lungs has to say. Water Lungs. Yeah. <laughs> are you just gonna Facetime him or call him? Uh, it's FaceTime audio. Okay, yeah, let's see. Um, he's, I hope so he's on the uses shitter. the internet, so the, it, gets the you a, it gets you a clearer sound. The internets. Let's see. Watch him not answer. He's probably taking a shit. Oh, I should gonna, have regular FaceTimed him then. He's not, he's not gonna answer. He's on, on. His, he's on his fucking nebula. Oh, there he is, there he is. Taylor! Hello. Welcome to your show. How are you feeling, buddy? Are we on the air? Yeah, we're on the air and totally unaware. Damn. What's up, everyone? Um... Actually feeling okay today. How's your um, uh, Darth? How's your Darth Vader kit? Oh my Darth Vader! Oh, it's not a it's not a true Darth Vader kit. They didn't give me the whole thing over the over the, you know over no, the. No, it's a nebulizer. It's just a fucking mouthpiece you put in, and you got to put the liquid steroids in the machine, and then it makes moist like moist moist, moist. air go through you moist. Yeah, most most moist air. Goes I, through I was my calling lungs. you. I was calling you old water lungs before you picked up. <laughs> Well, I've been water lungs before you met me, so technically you're not wrong. Water lungs and waterhead. Oh, uh, shut the fuck so, up. So you're starting to feel better? Everyone here misses you. <coughs> Do they? No. Do they, though? I mean, kind of. Yeah, I mean, uh, fucking think so. Oh my no, God, I, I mean, I, listen, I, it's, um, it's getting to a point where I'm pretty much, like, my energy is back, but my breathing and as far as, like, moving around is really still kind of a problem. That was ba so, that was going on before the pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, but but now no, it's worse. really bad. You know what I mean? It was yeah. manageable. For the no, first, I get you. I... You know, twenty five years now, it really sucks. Yeah, are you but, still um, contagious? No, I'm not contagious at all. Okay, I was gonna say because you were talking about going to the doctor's house to watch football tomorrow, and I'm like, I hope everyone there gets pneumonia except <laughs> Scooby. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, I, listen, I've thought about it, but I'm gonna go see my doctor tomorrow morning, and he's gonna just verify. I've been on. Um, um, antibiotics for a better part of yeah. You shouldn't be weeks. contagious with how long you've been on antibiotics. Um, you right. know the, the extra week of uh, not working should should make the difference. Um, I got to give you credit on one thing. Um, we we had a call last night with uh, Vince from Lobo Sound, and you were the only person that laughed at a joke I made at Josh Josh's expense. 
um, when it was just you and I um, talking. And then Vince says, Josh, what do you think? I said, McDonald's. Uh, or what are you thinking? And <laughs> Taylor laughed. So I had to give you some credit for that. Um, all right, Taylor. So why don't we go in? Um, I just reviewed the album Josh gave me last week, which was uh, Circus Survives, Blue Sky Noise. He gave it a five out of five. Uh, sensational album. Um, so why don't we talk about the movie I gave last week, um, Ari Aster's follow-up follow up to Hereditary, Midsummer. Okay, so um, you picked a hell of a week to give me this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was um, picturing you being all fucking dosed up on medicine and steroids and coughing your lungs out, having to watch this fucking heinous, disturbing film. So it didn't help that I watched this movie when I was in the hospital. Oh, so people God. who don't know, I, said, I, I wasn't. So I was in. I was admitted to the hospital over the weekend. But that's how bad, how dehydrated I was. So I figured, what better thing to do when you're stuck in the fucking hospital than watch Midsummer? <laughs> um, so this movie is totally fucked. But <laughs> I'd be honest with you, like the movie is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things. So, like, is A24 a relatively new studio? A24 is probably about, at this point, eight years old, and they mainly specialize in independent filmmaking. And the thing that they do that's great is they stay hands-off on the directors. They don't really give right. creative input. Um, outside of, you know, the the, uh, the ratings and, you know, making sure it's... Because I'm sure you watched the director's cut on iTunes. You bought it. Uh, oh, yeah. So that director's cut was originally rated NC-17, and uh, only for only, only for one scene. I mean, the director's cut didn't add in a ton of graphic stuff, but the one thing they added in that gave it the NC-17 is when the boyfriend Christian is running out of the barn after uh, fucking the ginger girl. They they show a pretty good shot of uh, her cherry all over his dick, and that is what they decided uh, constituted an NC-17 rating. Not all the which heinous stuff. Well, not no. all the heinous stuff that came beforehand. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying, but like, which is kind of fair because that's technically that turns it into like a porn. Yeah, almost, I mean, I you know guess. What I'm so that, so that I understand, but um, I mean, you still saw straight dick and balls freaking out, running across this field, nowhere to go. Which yeah, it was I like the "What's My Age at. Again" music video. Yeah, but it was <laughs> funny, dude. Um, no, nah, but so Midsummer really like throughout throughout the entire movie, the big thing that that uh, like. Ease, that puts your mind at ease is that it's light out the entire time. So it's almost a blanket um, of yeah, uh, it's, reassurance uh, that the way it's I gonna just... be. It's gonna be okay with everything that every, everything that's hand, like happening around them. That's absolutely disturbing and disgusting. But because it's light out, you're like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, it's inviting. It's, it's like it makes you feel comfortable while all this people are going missing and fucking elderly people are jumping to their deaths. Yeah, and getting their getting their mallets. heads getting their heads caved in. Josh's face when we saw it in the theater when he got his head caved in by a mallet, he was like, "Oh, oh. dude, it was dude. gross." It was cool, though. I liked it. It was absolutely disturbing. And comparing it to Hereditary, how Hereditary was like a 30-minute build-up before, uh, you know, old Pez Dispenser had happened. Um, In this one, (laughs) it gives you the fucking heinous tragedy seven minutes in, and it's like, holy shit. And when they go through the house with the, the violin just playing one note, and then it cuts to her parents and then to her with the fucking hose in her mouth and her eyes being all fucked up. Yeah, that that was definitely that that was like a, a fucked up scene to watch, and it's it's a great visual. Um, that's the one thing I can't I can't talk about about how 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 well this movie is shot. Yeah, it's a the beautifully made movie. As far as the cinematography is second to none. Um, the other thing too I want to say is that the main, really the main character is this is this girl Danny who, um, yeah. who goes through all by Florence the Pugh. initial like her family dying. 
Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. She's um, incredible. And again, she's a piece of shit. My my buddy um, my buddy then, Steve made a great point when he watched it. He said um, that this director seems to really enjoy the the horrific screams of women. When you think about Tony Collette in Hereditary, and then her screams when she calls up her boyfriend after getting the call. I mean, I got I got chills through that whole scene. Like when she's on the phone with her friend saying that she doesn't know what's going on with her boyfriend, and then the phone rings and it says unknown, and you're just like, oh fuck. Like, you know what's coming because you saw the emails from her sister. Oh, my God, that can't be good. Yeah, and, um, you know, and the, the whole movie, yeah, and I, sure. I, I think I told but, you this, like how Hereditary is about grief. This is a breakup movie. It's entirely about a relationship ending and being in this awkward place and then something, uh, some kind of tragedy dragging out the relationship or, you know, and that could be anything. That could be a death in the family. It could be a car accident. That could be losing your job that people think they need to stick around. And it, the whole movie is based around a breakup and the yeah, vulnerability. So I, I, just to say, I just want to say thanks. Yeah, thanks for the breakup movie a week after I got dumped. Again, so I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I thought it would be fitting. Uh, uh, I, I thought you'd kind of relate. And then maybe you'd want to join those elderly citizens. I can relate citizens. to a lot of things. I can, I can, I, listen, I, you I can, can relate, relate to supersize me. I, I can relate to bulldogs because they can't breathe just like just like me. Yeah, that's, that's true. Because I am supersized. <laughs> that's true. No, no, because you like you like no, fast but food, but so do fair. I. Um, but, I mean, um, it doesn't. Let's be real. Yes. Um, no, but but here but here's the thing. Um, so Midsummer is absolutely fantastic. Um, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Um and just because I love the character Danny come full circle, yeah. um, I don't want to give away the ending because the sure. ending honestly is perfect to yes, me. Yes, it, it, that is um, a phenomenal ending. But the way ending. everything culminates uh, at the end is so good. And there's so many little things you can go back and see, like little Easter eggs. That I actually, the one time I actually went I think we just lost back it. and read all the articles you sent oh, me about Oh, okay. Did you see any of the, the hidden faces throughout the movie? No, I'm here. Did no? Did you see any of the? Uh, hit, there's the, the one in the in the woods. Yeah, there's um during the scene, the cliff jumping scene, what? you can actually notice a few on the walls as well. Uh, when they first get to the little commune, uh, you'll pick up on a couple there. Uh, one of the Easter eggs that um, Josh and I actually picked up on pretty quickly is uh, when they're at that dinner and the kid, uh, the Christian, finds the pube in his food. If you look at the drinks that they all have, they're all yellow. His was more of like an orangish, orangish tint. That was that ginger girl's period blood. Um, so there's lots of little things just <laughs> sprinkled in throughout the movie. And I've seen it three times now. And each time I've seen it, I've noticed something else. So I can only imagine when I watch it again what I'll pick up on. Um, I'm almost thinking about doing a dual screen of the original cut and the director's cut, pausing the original cut when uh, the director's cut scenes come up and seeing if I can pick up anything on either uh, screen because there's something about I, I at first when I saw it, I, I came away saying I really liked it, but I liked Hereditary more. And now I'm kind of going the other way because this one I feel like had more things layered throughout. And again, the. The, the the visual sensation of this film was so, unlike any horror movie I've ever seen short of Suspiria and maybe The Wicker Man. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I would lean more towards Hereditary because Hereditary still has that very much um, lasting effect on yeah, me. Sure, where sure. I still can't watch it. I'm still traumatized by yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think. Um, but Midsummer's weird. Midsummer's like I could pop that on no problem. Yeah, I, I think. Well, you know what? Like I said, the first time I saw Midsummer, I came away saying I, I definitely liked Hereditary more, and now I'm kind of feeling. I, I don't know. I, I they're two very different movies. I do agree that Hereditary was more disturbing and shocking. Well, this one just there's some. 
something that clicks with it differently for me where I'm trying to like figure out all the little pieces. I mean, this is another one I picked up on that I read about the opening scene with her family, you know, and they're sleeping. There is a flower wreath next to her parents' bed. Would that imply that the whole thing with it happening right. to Danny wasn't an accident? It wasn't a work of uh, a mentally ill sister? Like, little things like that. Like, where you're just like, holy shit, where else are these things in this movie? Like, it's been out on digital for a week, and there's new things coming out every day that people are picking up on. One of which, there's a shot in Hereditary when Tony Collette is leaving a store of a couple, the back of them, that looks exactly like Danny and Christian. Is this all taking place in one connected universe, kind of like Tarantino does with his films? I find those kind of things fascinating when a director that only okay. has two films can do that. That's incredibly impressive storytelling and potential world building. Yeah. All right, Taylor. Um, since you're on the phone, do you want to give me an album, or, really do want, cool. or do you want, or do you want Josh to take it? No, no, no. I, I've been, I, I'm, I've been doing a lot of research, and I really want to give you an album. Sure. This week. Go I'm for it. Really excited Please. about this one. Go for it's, it. It's old school. I'm gonna give you. I'm giving you old, uh, some old school punk rock. Okay. It is the band GBH, Ooh. and the album is City Baby Attacked by Rats. Came City. out in 1982. Um, it's one of my all time favorite punk rock records, and it's just one City Babies. Uh, yeah, City Baby Attacked by Rats. Cool. Um, no, I know GBH, so just, I'm excited to listen to this. Listen, it's it's punk rock in the 80s. It's, it doesn't get any I'm more a, clean cut I'm about than it. that. I'm about it's that. Some of my absolute favorite music to listen to. So yeah, that's my pick okay. this week, GBH, City right. Baby Attacked by Rats. All right, you ready for your movie? What? Uh, well, yes, it's, I got it's, it it's October. It's October, and um, I'm being an asshole about it. We kicked off our uh, our October <sighs> festivities. I'm going to give you an easy one. Um, this is actually a follow up to a movie that we just covered a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm going to give you Day of the Dead, the original Day of the Dead. Um, uh, you know, like this is the third in the original Dead trilogy by George Romero. Um, make sure you don't pick up any of the two remakes that have come out in the last decade because they are some of the worst pieces of shit you'll ever see in your life. Um, but the original Day of the Dead premise of the movie is simple. Right. This this is after the dead have taken over. And you, as far as the, the characters in the film know, there are no other humans left within living within distance of them. Um, they're living in an underground military bunker. It's, right. uh, it's all military guys and one woman. Uh, there's a doctor trying to find a cure to reverse it. Um, there is a character in this. His name is Captain Rhodes. He is among the most hateable movie characters of all time. Uh, he's a real cunt. And if you thought the gore in Dawn of the Dead at the end was like, oh shit, Day of the Dead completely changed the game as far as gore and practical gore in film goes. Uh, some of the best you'll ever see. Um, one of the coolest zombies in a film ever done uh, who actually has a character. Um, so my pick for you this week is one of my favorites, uh, Day of the Dead. It's a good pick. Yeah. Fucking love that movie. Yeah, I'm a, I just watched it again last night. I mean, I've seen it fucking nice. 50 what, times. What year did it come out? Uh, I believe it was 1980. What, what, uh, I want, what year did it come out? No, I want to say 1985, 1986. I don't want to say uh, hold on to that, but it was the 80s. Um, and again, you just finished Stranger Things season three recently, and the first thing I do in the movies is go to see Day of the Dead. And I told you that throughout the show, they use the score from Day of the Dead, which I loved. So it's a really cool synthesizer soundtrack as well. Nice. All right. 1986, good year. A, a good year. It was a good year for our. Test- it was the last good year for our baseball team. Uh, That's what I'm saying. And Vinny Testaverde won the Heisman. Yeah, great year. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking old cunt. 
All right, Taylor, why don't you go hit your breathing machine? So listen, I'm, I'm surprised Josh... We're losing you anyway. I'm surprised Josh isn't old enough to remember that year. That's true, Josh. You're old. You're older than me. Am I? Yeah. Am I? Yes. Taylor, comment. <laughs> All right, Taylor, go hit your breathing machine, and we will talk to you. Uh, we'll see you next week, dude. Yeah, I'll be back in the studio next week, and uh, we'll be back full force. All right, dude. All right. Feel better, buddy. Later, fellas. Later. All right, so you just heard from our uh, normal second chair, um, or second mic, Mr. Taylor. Uh, Josh, I got a Richie update this week. All right, let's hear it. Um, so I, as you guys uh, listen to the show now, we have a friend, uh, Richie, who has had a really bad uh, five years, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like, he's had a really bad quarter of his life. Like, yeah. Um, so uh, we told the story about how he had to move out of his first house in South Carolina because uh, he was chased out by the... Uh, african-american community his second house he got had a tree go through it and then he was living in like a little studio apartment he had his new house really nice or as he called it when we were hanging out at manfro's the shed in the back the shed in the back yes <laughs> so we got this new place he really likes it um i wake up to a text from him on uh monday oh no, oh, no. it's like 6 a.m just went to go use the downstairs uh -oh. bathroom or the bathroom septic flooded and dirty water came out oh no like duty water oh, he's like yep no <laughs> i would rather the tree go through the house oh my get, god than step dude. into shit water what Even is if if wrong with this guy's dude, life i said to him i was like you just gotta kill yourself <laughs> like and now i understand swimming with the fucking sharks yeah when he posted that i was like if i were him I would do everything as low risk as possible because like he's asking for like a Steve Irwin situation. He'll swim with the sharks and get stung by a sting right through the chest. Like he should not, he should be, you know, walking everywhere. I wouldn't even drive. No. I wouldn't drive with his luck. The brakes go yeah. like he is on the track for just dying soon. <laughs> like something, something like, terrible happening. Like in a couple weeks, he's going to tell us he has a terminal illness. No. And I'm just like, what, what the, the track he's going on. He, like most people, no, when they go, we don't so, want to talk about that. When, when they go so low, you could, you picture, they start to uptick. He keeps finding lows. Yeah, he does. Whatever the pedestal is, he's beneath it. And he finds new lows every single time. Yeah. At what point do you just give up? He might have already. Yeah. The way he lives. <laughs> like, yeah, man. I mean, like, fuck. Would you rather be Colucci or Richie? Richie. Fair. I although I I still I still want to yell at Colucci. Like, this cocksucker still hasn't watched Breaking Bad, and I gave him shit about it on Twitter. I said I watched the first season, and you didn't immediately watch the rest, but you're watching Mayans FC. I mean, come on. It's not like he doesn't have time. <laughs> well, even if he didn't have time, you got time for Mayans. You got time Facts. for Big Brother Twenty Nine. Yeah, whatever. It's on thirty, I think. Even, come on. You could you could, and, uh, fucking Arrow and fucking Flash. I got to tell you, uh, as a uh, as a comic book fan, mm -hmm. you couldn't pay me any amount of money to watch this uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. I don't even know what it is, dude. Okay. I know Brandon Routh is going to be reprising. So you, his you know, Superman. but you know about the sure. the comic book sure. storyline. Yeah, and it. so what what channel is the series going to be airing on? CW. CW. Where they seem to be the home of all this dog shit comic book content. Yeah. So a lot of people like it. You know, I don't know why. I've never actually watched any of it, so I can't really talk shit on it. But you know, when you tell me that you're doing an an iconic comic book storyline like Crisis on Infinite Earths. And you're doing it on 
basic cable. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't well, know. You know it's going to be budget. And the only good super, like, I mean, a, a Superman, I know they're bringing Brandon Routh, who honestly I didn't think was a terrible Superman. I liked Superman Returns. I thought Superman Returns was a better Superman movie than Man of Steel. It was mm-hmm. a true, the problem was they just tried too hard to tell him to be Christopher Reeve. Yeah. And that that's a very difficult one, but he had the charm, he had the look. Um, I liked Smallville when it first aired. Smallville mm-hmm. was great. And the I first remember, couple seasons were really I remember good. the exact moment it started to suck is when Aquaman came on. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. Like, he flopped out of the water. I'm like, what is this shit? Aquaman just makes everything Aquaman worse. Aquaman just stinks. I finally watched the movie, and, like, everyone told me how good it was. I'm like, it was okay. Yeah. Like, it looked cool. See, it was... I personally, I know you hate the guy. I fucking love Jason I'm Momoa. I'm sure he's so... a cool dude. He, I, th- I don't like him because he's a terrible actor. Uh, yeah, but he, his action he's, movies are he's good. He's the rock with no charisma. I liked, I liked him as Cal Drogo. I mean, how hard could to be, you gotta just speak a made-up language. Yeah, that was like... But, like, the one thing that really, uh, like... You like him because he's got tattoos and he rides motorcycles. Yeah, fuck yeah. That, that's it. Not only that, there's but a there's, a, there's like this that. really great video of him at one of the... Now, I would never do this personally. Sure. I would never do axe throwing, but there's a really great, like, vine video of mm-hmm. him at an axe throwing place. He throws the axe, gets into the dead bullseye, and turns around and just fucking chugs a beer. And I'm like, hell that, yeah, I've dude. Seen that video. No, I think he's probably a cool dude. I just think he's, like, when you don't have any charisma and your job in action films is to have charisma... It kills me. Yeah. It fuck. That's like Vin Diesel, Gerard Butler, zero charisma, none whatsoever. You know what? He plays a decent henchman, though. He uh, he did um, he did a movie with Sylvester Stallone, one of one of Stallone's like later low budget gritty you action. Mean flicks. all of his recent films? Bullet through the head. I've seen. Um, well, Bullet through the head was a remake. Was I believe it? no, no. Get get Carter. I was yeah, confused yeah, too. Get Carter Bullet through the head wasn't a bad wasn't a bad movie. No, and it Jason wasn't. Momoa was the yeah. was the henchman in that, and he played That's off what I mean, Stallone like, pretty so, well. Going back to this whole comic book thing, the other one that the CW has coming up is a uh, fucking Batwoman. Looks fucking heinous. You see it, that chick got hurt doing? A stunt? I did. Ruby Rose, and uh, I was talking to the landlord about her because she's a big Orange Is a New Black fan. She's like that chick can't act at all. I'm like she was great in John Wick too because she didn't fucking talk. Yeah. Like that's what when you don't have charisma <laughs> or can't act, just have the silent like henchman role. That's all you need that's uh, batwoman looks terrible we got a trailer yesterday for i I thought it looked horrendously annoying was birds of prey i thought the trailer watch it the trailer it looks so annoying Mm -hmm. like and i i'm what i said from the beginning when they were talking about doing suicide squad harley quinn is a character to me that only works in the animated circle yeah because it's so cartoonish Mm -hmm. when you bring it to live action it's too goofy i always like to point out to people that harley quinn is not a real batman character for the animated series which is it's not like you know I'm a big comic book guy, DC, Marvel. I sure. read them all, you know, but more of the classic stuff. I haven't read new comics in easily no, 10 years. Well, the mean, last new comics I read, and this this goes back a long time, the last new comics I read was the first Civil War. That's okay, the you're last not counting, time. like, Walking Dead? I guess. Oh, no, 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 I'm not counting Walking okay, Dead. Okay, I, gotcha. You know, I actually just recently finished Walking Dead, and uh, I love the way that they ended yeah, the series. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't read the whole issue, but I was like, you know, I read a bunch of them. Let me just read how they ended it. And yeah. I kind of liked that he just ended it mm-hmm. rather than this whole buildup and then yeah. this letdown. It was just kind of like, oh, this is the last one. I like it. And they had killed Rick, like, what, three issues prior? Or maybe two, two issues two prior, issues. which I thought was a pretty ambitious move as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, Birds of Prey, it just it looks, it looks like it's going to be very, very violent. Um, which I'm pretty sure Joker is going to open all these new doors for these comic book movies to take new risks. Yeah. Um, have you seen what Todd Phillips has been saying all this week about uh, all the 
Yeah, but, man, you're listen. I I agree with him, and I love everything that he he's saying. But he's, up put, a dangerous he's, tree. he's putting himself on a dangerous fucking yeah, road. I mean, you don't want to get yourself fucking boycotted, dude. Well, yeah, I mean that's what happens these days. Cancel culture. Well, yeah, when you go after the the woke people, they get very very angry. And he specifically said he stopped. I mean, he directed old school. Like old school's a fucking classic, Fuck yeah, classic dude. comedy. Yeah, blue. Yeah, dude. I mean, there's so many. I mean, he uh, Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson bangs his boss's daughter, who's a high schooler. Like. <laughs> Like, they would never get away with that now. Nah, and dude. he said that he got away from it because of woke comedy. And these people were like, he's just got to shut up. I was like, no, he's right, though. Like, dude, they wouldn't get away. When I look at, like, my favorite comedies ever. I saw a tweet today. You keep talking. Sure, I'm going to find this tweet. Would they ever be allowed to make a movie like Animal House again? When John Belushi is staring through uh, a fucking window on a ladder at a girl changing. Would they ever get away with that now? No, no. Um, there's a date rape scene in that. Uh, would they get away with the jerk now? Steve Martin saying he was born a poor black child. Nope. Thinking about it more recently. American Pie. When they're watching Nadia get changed on the webcam and it goes out to everyone. Could you imagine what the backlash would that be? Would that be? Nope. Dude, Revenge of the Nerds. They put uh, cameras in the sororities. <laughs> Have rooms to watch them get, and they say, "Oh, hair pie!" about one of the girls. Like, yes, is there an element of evolving with the times? And you can, you can, and that's the other side of the argument: is you can be funny without doing this shocking, disturbing stuff. But there is still an audience for that. So I don't see what the fucking problem is. You don't. No one's forcing people to watch this raunchy, offensive comedy, dude. In Van Wilder, he made them eat eclairs with dog cum in it. Like, he made them eat dog cum. That is both sexual assault and bestiality. They jerked off the dog. The whole storyline was the dog had big balls because he never came. Like, I totally get what Todd Phillips is saying. But, yeah, he's going to lose a lot of work now. Um, I will say I'm starting to buy into the idea that a lot of this Joker hype might be fed in by Warner Brothers. to get. Like, I think once they saw that people were scared, they're like, let's just keep hyping it up. Because now... NYPD is going to put undercover officers in the theaters to watch out for incel violence. These incels are an interesting bunch. Um, involuntary cel- involuntarily celibate. You know what they're called where I come from? What's that? I was going to say Kaluji. <laughs> but the correct word is virgin. <laughs> so, but, no, I mean, like, why are, like, and there's there this whole community of people that they're angry that they can't get laid. I was like, all right, it's pretty simple. You go out and you meet someone that's, like, they're probably fours that are aiming for nines, and they should be aiming down. Like, if you're a four and you really want to get laid, you're, you'd be lucky to get a five. You need to be aiming for twos and people with birth defects. Yeah. That's about where you could go. Are you having trouble finding this tweet? Yeah, okay, so I'll just... I'll, yeah, summarize I'll, I'll, I'll it, summarize, summarize it, So basically, please. it was some, uh, you know, uh, some left, left-leaning left pundit, and uh, they quoted a tweet where it, you know, it, it highlighted the Todd Phillips controversy, the Welsh sure, com- sure. comedy stuff, and it said, oh yeah, because none of, uh, there's no, there's no comedians that aren't offensive that uh, aren't funny, and uh, they, they referenced, like, Hannah Gadsby, <sighs> and uh, Ali Wong, and... You know, all these uh, new, you know, female empowerment type uh, and there's comedians. funny, there's funny female comedians out there that don't do, like, the empowerment thing. Like, Nikki Glaser. Is oh, really, yeah, she's fucking hilarious, She's really, dude. really funny. Um, if you go back still, I mean, Sarah Silverman used to be really, really funny. And not, mm-hmm. not so much anymore because she's, part, you know, part of the woke culture. But, listen, I'm not she's saying... Another, you know what? She tucked her fucking tail and ran, dude. Because she was raunchy. She was she really was, raunchy. She had some of the most vile oh, comedy. She was, and she was hilarious. She, she used to be really, really funny. Chel- I never liked Chelsea Handler, but she used to be raunchy as fuck, too. Um, and then you, you look at it... 
And, and I'm not saying you need to be raunchy to be funny. And I'm not I'm saying, not that, saying you, that at all. I'm not saying all. that you're wrong for liking comedians like Hannah Gadsby and uh, Ali Wong. You can like whatever the fuck comedy you want. People, I, th- there was something in my time up the other day. Someone argued with me about Dimitri Martin. I'm like, this guy will not be a popular comedian in five years or eight years. I think it was like eight years ago. That, I didn't that, realize Dimitri Martin was still popular. I, well, it was. Fu- this was from like six, seven years ago, this okay. whole Facebook thing. And she said, the girl said to me, yes, he will. Well, exactly. I was like, he, that kind of comedy doesn't do well long term. There's only so many that can work you know clean and remain relevant for so long your yep. gaffigans your brian regans mm-hmm. there's very very few um there's very few that can leave for a long time and come back like ellen degeneres has remained popular and she had a new special come out i didn't watch it because she's not my style but i respect her she does her thing she's always done her jerry seinfeld another one he's always been clean but um yeah i don't know he's todd phillips definitely has to be careful if he want, is going to want to get more work because uh, especially if he's still trying to make deadpool movies yeah. now that disney owns them mm-hmm. he's gonna have to be careful yeah um speaking of uh disney owning them uh you got some good good news in the Spider-Man world. Yep. Uh, Tom Holland coming back. We talked about the idea of, because I guess it signed on for two more movies, mm-hmm. right? And then Sony can start making their own again, yeah. right? And I said to you, I was like, oh, they'll do a Spider-Verse. They saw how popular and uh, critically and commercially successful Into the Spider-Verse was. And when some when an animated movie is critically and commercially successful, what's the one thing we do now better than anyone else? is make it into live action. Oh, yeah. So they'll definitely make a live action Spider-Verse. I am certain of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely... I, I'm, I'm a little iffy on that because I don't want them to rush it. Like, if that comes out within the next five years, they can still make three of these animated Spider-Verse movies. Yeah. That, and Into the Spider-Verse was so good. Yeah, they got to do so some, wor- uh, some world building. You know, uh, you know, let yeah. the Venom thing you know get a little Venom, bit more like, steam. Let Venom, like, build out. There's all um, kinds of things you could do. Let Venom actually become a bad guy for a while. So I got a... Uh, I, I was finally able to read an article that highlighted the uh, the finer points of this deal, and now it's starting to make sense to me. So, you know, they're doing a 25-25 split sure. on, uh, on the next Spider-Man movie, which means that Disney is going to finance 25% of the movie and also take 25% of the return. Okay, so they're getting, so, still getting 50% Sony. Yeah. Yep. Well, more than 50%. Oh, yeah, they're true. 75%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the financial stake of the Spider-Man movie. They're going to allow Spider-Man to be used in, quote, at least one more MCU movie. Okay. And then Spider-Man will be free to be in any other Spider-Verse movies. Gotcha. But in the Spider-Verse movies, Sony will be totally free to reference the Marvel Universe. Okay. So that leads me to believe that Disney's saying to Sony, you can talk about our characters as long as you want if you leave the door open gotcha. for us to bring Spider-Man okay. into okay. team-up movies. I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I did hear some rumblings that they're already talking about when they're done with uh, these next two that they're going to kill off Tom Holland, mm-hmm. which I guess would be the kind of fuck you route. Um, but it would still leave them the ability to do whatever they wanted. Yeah. But, I mean, it, the second it got announced, I was like, this sucks, but I was never, like, thinking it wasn't going to happen. I, to me, it was high-end negotiations. Yeah. That they, it was someone trying to create leverage for themselves, and it looks like Disney probably comes out the winners here long-term, yeah. I guess. But Sony's still going to be able to get theirs. And this just all inevitably leads to, to Disney eventually buying Sony, right? Yeah. And then you're going to have a, a Disney PlayStation 7. Yeah, I, in theory. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I doubt that they would buy off the electronics division. They would probably they just should buy just the buy all division. Disney. Disney was trying to fucking buy Twitter a few years. You hear that shit? I did. I heard about and that. And they were like, "This might be toxic." You think? <laughs> like, imagine Disney owned Twitter. <laughs> I, every one of my tweets would be Minnie Mouse is a floozy. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is a twat. We would have been banned. Yeah, a long time ago. The first time I called someone a cunt, even if it's myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you happen to catch the quote-unquote season premiere of Raw on Monday? I watched some of it. 
Okay, so I kept it on. I kind of half paid attention. Um, new stage is cool. Yeah. Like new stage. Pyro being back is a nice little Early plus. on, it was a cool show. I liked what, a lot of what they did. Yeah. Um, I, my biggest issue in general with WWE right now is I don't give a fuck about anyone outside of Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I think Seth Rollins' title, this title run and the one he had before Brock beat him uh, when he cashed in, I think Seth has been more or less a very forgettable champion. Yeah. His matches have been fine, but they have been not a run. good face, man. No, he's, he's not a good not. promo. He's not a good face, but he's not a good promo. He struggles through them. I mean, AJ Styles is still great every time out. You got some really talented guys that don't have any personality, like uh, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali and um, Cedric Alexander. Hey, hey. Ali. Mah- Mahershala Ali. Ali. Just Ali. Just Ali. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Ali now. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Cedric Alexander, very good in ring. Um, I think they've done some nice things with um, getting the OC. They'll actually wrestle like they used to. Yep. I think the Viking Raiders have been much, much better as well. Thank God. Whole, thank God they changed Viking. the name. Yeah. Well, oh now their God. finisher is just called the Viking Experience. The one nice thing I will say about Michael Cole not being on Raw anymore is that I, I can't, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot hear it's boss time again. I, I cannot. There's a video on YouTube. It's like 30 minutes of it's boss time, like yeah. in all different tones. I can't. I can't. I can't. But then they, you know, I thought Raw was okay. I was like, all right. I, what do you still, think of the new commentary team? I, I want to hold out judgment because yeah. I think it's really hard after one when you're dealing with Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn barking in your ear while you're trying to figure out your chemistry. Yeah. Um. The Madden was the worst one yeah. I think, but I, I I don't want to judge them yet. It's it's really hard, and I think well Jerry Lawler's not going to be there very long. No, no. It's temporary. It sounds like it, it sounds like it's going to be Mickey James that comes in or Tom Phillips, but I don't know why you need to play-by-play guys rather yeah. than color. I think bringing in Mickey James would not be a bad idea. Um, it did make me real. If anything, I would... Uh, I just... Listen, I, I like uh, Vic Joseph on um, on NXT when yeah. he was on NXT. Sure. I don't think he's ready for Raw. I would prefer, if they're going to make any change, bring in Mickey James because I, I love Mickey James. She's sure. great. Uh, she's got a great mind for the business, and yeah. I'm sure that she's... Gonna be great Dude, on the be stick. Down with Maria uh, got, while she's pregnant. I got a different kind of stick. I'd like to yeah. see her on. But oh. <laughs> are you talking about your penis? <laughs> she wouldn't get on mine. <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> let's be real here. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to see Tom Phillips uh, replace. That's uh, the other one. I, I, I Phillips is a great voice for. Yeah, it. he he's, really. He's, yeah, he's done it. great on SmackDown. I was surprised that he got lost in the shuffle in this whole well, thing. Well, I think that he's gonna get one of the jobs. I think he's gonna come back regardless. Yep. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with this FS1 show. Um, now the. One thing I want to talk about from Raw was uh, the Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio thing, attacking uh, Rey and Dominic. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that storyline's going? Nowhere. Okay. Do you want to know where I think it's going? <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, where I think they're trying to set up is I'm not adding Hocus Pocus to my server. <laughs> uh, ears. Um, so what I think is going to happen, because it was very random, right, that Brock attacked Rey? Yeah. Do you know who one of the biggest name free agent wrestlers is right now? I do. I read this, uh, but why don't you go ahead and? Uh, uh, that would be one it. former UFC heavyweight champion who won the UFC heavyweight championship from Brock Lesnar, Cain Velasquez. They're trying to set that up. Uh, listen, That's where I... they're trying to go with it. Did you see any Cain wrestle yet? No, I don't. No, I'm not even. I'm not. I'm not making the noise at sure. Cain coming in. I'm sure. making it like why? Because they're Mexican. 
Um, well, he's wrestling in the luchador mask. He's trying to represent that culture. Like, dude, he's a big fucker, Kane. Yeah, he's know. doing fucking front flips and all crazy shit. Yeah, of course that's what it is. I yeah. mean, isn't that always what it is? Yeah. It's, I mean, I, when they first put together the New Day, it looked like it was just a black power thing. It looked like a new, like, a, a inspirational uh, man, nation I can't, I can't, I will never forget how skeptical I was about the New Day we and all how are. wrong we, we, we all, all were. We all were wrong about the New Day. It looked goofy at first, but um, I'd be totally down if, like, say, Kane comes out and calls Brock this match on Friday. Day. And oh. they—that's what I'm saying. Like, but they're doing. I would this. love that because we don't. We don't need more Brock as champion. I know, and I love Brock, wait. but I don't need more of it. But this is where your your idea that it's going nowhere might make sense because they did this without having Kane under contract. Unless they have it set up already, they know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of putting pen to paper. Um, and I so it could very well go nowhere. It, it's very very possible because this is what they do. Yeah. Storylines go nowhere. You know, they end raw with Lana uh, cuckolding Rusev for the third time um like i was like i've seen this yo bobby lashley went to town on lana on stage hey good for him like at first i was like this is stupid and then it went on for like five minutes i'm like all right are you gonna fucking stick it in or what i mean like good for him one i mean like i would take advantage of the opportunity uh she is just she's for it dude like honestly she wants to sell her what what do you think goes through a guy like Rusev's head? Foreign dude from Bulgaria. Old school culture kind old of thing. Old school culture. And now you got to watch your wife. Yeah, he got cuckolded. And, and, it, and it, again, it wasn't as he made out. It was an extended make out. Yeah, like it's it was, not like I a normal TV see, kiss, I was dude. waiting to see penetration. <laughs> I was hoping to see penetration. I wanted to see her penetrate Bobby Lashley. Oh, sure. Just put a finger in the butt. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think as far as commentary and to see where they're going to go with this entire direction, SmackDown is obviously going to change a lot of things. And then tonight, the debut of AEW Dynamite, a lot can happen. Yeah. Um, one thing I don't have interest in for either company is seeing CM Punk back because I don't need to see a 44 year old guy that trashed all his friends on the I way out. I love the idea of him coming onto this Fox show, and I hope it happens because he is tremendous. He's, he's great on the mic. I wouldn't mind him in that kind of role. I don't need him wrestling again, and I could be wrong. Say he comes back and he's great, but you, you know mean, what? The one thing is, though, all these years of MMA training, he's in great shape. He is in great shape, but I, I just I don't think he deserves it, just based on the way he. He buried all his friends on the way out. Like he, dude, we can, like, cool. dude, we could we could talk about this for hours. But how many times? Has I know Hulk Hogan they, they come always back? they always come how they always come back. But this is like really really this back. is really recent. this is nowhere near as bad as the Ultimate no, Warrior. No, but though. I mean, unless CM Punk's gonna die the next day, there was still some weird stuff around Ultimate Warrior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was still a lot of stuff, and there was also a major gap between the last time Ultimate Warrior was there and him coming back. Yeah, you know, they just finished up this lawsuit with CM Punk, mm-hmm. and you know all his. Booker T just did a podcast about it that he CM Punk blocked all of his friends in the company like Corey Graves said that was one of my best friends he was the first person I called after my first child was born and he blocks my number and won't talk to me so I I mean listen I could be wrong he comes back and he's great maybe I don't know but if he came back it would have to be like in a Brock Lesnar kind of role where Randy Orton part time role kind of thing yeah and and you know what though I think that him coming back even kind of makes a little bit of sense because of this position of power that Heyman is in, you know, that's the yeah, one that's person that's in the true. wrestling world that we know that he never cut off ties with. Was yeah, Heyman. that's that's very true. Um, and then they, they they did this whole thing on Raw the, the for the Crown Jewel show in Saudi Arabia. The, uh, did you why see? Are we still did, doing did you these? see? Did you see uh, Impact Wrestling throw shade at WWE on Twitter? I didn't, but I like that. So they um they announced it's going to be Team Hogan versus Team Flair, and they posted a picture from one of their Impact shows in like two thousand and six. <laughs> team Hogan versus Team Flair. I'm like, okay, 
that was it had to be later than 2006. You know what's funny? There's like, probably a, a lot of WWE guys that were on that yeah, team, Bobby, like Bobby, uh, Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode AJ Styles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking Samoa Joe. Yeah, um, we got some other cool announcements this week. Christian, <laughs> Christian, true. Um, okay, first and foremost, uh, Jurassic World three. It is confirmed that Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and love Jeff it. Goldblum will be back. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, did you watch that mini that Jurassic World short film that came out a couple weeks ago? No. Um, you should watch it. It's like eight minutes long. Um, it's from the director that just did Jurassic World, uh, the first two Jurassic Worlds, and is doing the third one. And it felt like the original Jurassic Park, like more like horror based. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think it's great they're getting these guys back. Jeff Goldblum's small part in Jurassic World Two was perfect. Mm-hmm. I always want more Jeff Goldblum. Always, 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 always want always. more Jeff Goldblum. Um, the other announcement we got yesterday that's really cool that uh, Kevin Smith announced is that he is officially working on a script for Clerks Three. Uh, they finally got both Dante, Randall, the entire cast to agree to it. I like it. I am so ready. I am. I'd be way more excited. If I'm. I'm excited for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah. But Clerks is always where my heart is with this whole View Askew universe. I agree. And Clerks one and two were sensational, and I'm confident he can knock it out. I think Clerks is probably the closest to his heart, and I think he handles it with the most care, honestly. Yeah. So very excited for that. Um, don't really know how they're going to do it because Clerks two was such a perfect ending. But you could obviously just say, yeah, they fucked it up a week later, the quick... Or they could just kind of... They can even do like a... Did you see Scream 4, for example? I did. Okay, so you know how Scream... I love Scream 4. We just rewatched it. Um, How Scream 4 was more or less the same movie as the first one, but Mm -hmm. they modernized it and they kind of... they It was meta. It acknowledged all its different things. It was aware of it. You could probably do that because now they own the quick quick stop and shit like that. Um, I, I would be down for that. Like that'd be cool if they they do the same things. It's like I'm not even supposed to be here today, or he's trying to get to work. I'm supposed to be here today, like shit like that. <laughs> There's a million things you could do. You do clerks on the road where they're trying to get to work to open the place in time. There's a bunch of things you can do, but it's exciting to see that they're still going so strong with this world and these characters. Another two movies. I'd still love to see a Mall Rats too. Yeah. At some point, the only one you really can't do is Dogma too. <laughs> like, that would be very very difficult to do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um. So before we get to our football picks, um, have you been keeping up with this NCAA thing recently? The new ruling about uh, college athletes, student athletes, if you will. Oh no, I don't. I don't care about any of that. So it's it's interesting. Because it's going to change the landscape of professional sports as well. Um, so the state of California, and I believe another state, is uh, passing this bill now that in the next, I believe, starting in 2023, that student athletes will allowed to be accept pay for doing things like autograph signings, commercials, okay. and things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yes, it does make sense. But this is where it comes into play. So if it's legal in California, and it's not legal in Alabama, okay? So you're talking USC, UCLA, Stanford, whatever, and you're talking Alabama, Crimson Tide. What is going to stop the top recruits in the country? Wouldn't you rather go to the state where you can make money off it? Yeah, Does Alabama not? Okay, so the reason they put these years in between it is they're telling the schools, like, hey, you got this much time to start paying your athletes Mm -hmm. the way it should be. I mean, the NCAA is a multi-billion dollar organization. I bet you if you looked into the financials, their profit margins are probably higher than the NFL and the NBAs because they're not paying these guys shit. Now, I'm not in favor of the players uh, making, you know, the same amount that uh, NFL and NBA players are making and shit like that. But let's say they gave them $2,000 a month, right? Mm -hmm. Part of that $2,000 goes into like a pension fund that if they get hurt when they leave the school, because most of these, a lot of these kids, they get hurt and that's it. They don't get drafted. They don't sign to a team. Anything like that. Why not fucking selling cars somewhere? Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And do you know who totally fucked this up for the NCAA? EA Sports. Mm-hmm. 
because they were putting these guys on the covers of video games and they can't make a fucking dime off it. You yeah. lose your scholarship if you fucking sign an autograph and take a hundred bucks. You lose your scholarship if someone buys you dinner mm -hmm. for who you are. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. But the coaches can make $15 million a year. Sure. When they're not doing shit, all they're doing... I mean, we know these guys are getting paid regardless. They're mm -hmm. getting paid by agents and shit like that. Um, but now what it's going to do, and what I think it should be, it should be this way in the NBA, the NFL... Guys should be allowed to enter out of high school if they're that good. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. In, in the NFL, you should be allowed to enter into the draft after one year of play mm -hmm. um, entirely. But now, if you start paying these guys, it becomes a true minor league system. Yeah. So guys will be more inclined to stay in school and maybe get their degree. Mm -hmm. But could that hurt the product of the NFL, the NBA? Potentially. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it's. I do think it's been long overdue that these kids aren't getting paid because they're getting their asses kicked um, in front of bigger crowds than the NFL draws. I mean, some of these college games get 110,000 people in yeah. them. I mean, I don't really give a shit about it. I do care more about college sports than I do the NHL. This is my least favorite time of year with hockey being back because all the fake fucking sports fans come out. It's the biggest hipster sport. It's it's fun. It's funny because like I have some friends like that you know across the country and they're like, the Devils have been like a pretty good franchise most of your life. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, can you name like two current players? I'm like, I couldn't name one. Yeah. Uh, I guess Jack Hughes is the kid they drafted, um, and uh, I know their goalie is supposed to be decent. They don't talk about hockey out yeah. here. I only know the the dude that they just signed because he's fucking boning Lindsey Vaughn. Oh, uh, PK suit. So, yeah, the black guy. Yeah, yeah. just the black black hockey guy. That's black all you need to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I know who he is because he's one of, like, two in NHL history. <laughs> um, it, it's like finding a leper. <laughs> like, you're not going to. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. What was the Chris Rock joke? If if you start getting some heated uh, hockey rinks, you're going to see brothers on ice all the time <laughs> playing hockey. LeBron will be out there fucking putting up eight goals a game. <laughs> Um, it, it, no, hockey is just like, they, they don't, first off, it's not covered out here like baseball, basketball, football are. Yeah. Not even remotely. The only sports radio show out here that really talks about it is Boomer. Mm -hmm. Boomer's the only one. When someone calls Mike Francesa about hockey, he hangs up on him. <laughs> it, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> well, actually, um, a guy that I know, Jeff, he called Francesa the other day. He made uh, it on the back. You saw he made it yeah. on the back after this. Uh, Mike, how much lasagna can you put down? <laughs> uh, I don't really like lasagna. Like, uh, that, that's the most surprising that's thing it, I've heard. That's it, you you, the, you wait online all, all that time, and uh, you don't even have a follow-up? That's a stupid question. <laughs> all right, you want to set, set up for football now? Yeah. All right, go ahead, set up for football. Um, I guess I'll talk about some things. I guess I'll start talking about our records and everything as you do this. Um, okay, so we're headed into week five of the... Actually, I should do it when the camera's on, so I, I shouldn't be a jerk about it. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, I got a cool knife as a wedding gift. Um, really nice blade from uh, the groom. I was very happy about that. I didn't appreciate it as much until the next morning because when he handed it to me, I was incredibly fucked up. Um, not that I condoned uh, drinking, let alone drinking and driving. You shouldn't do any of those things. Uh, a girl's car got stuck after the day after the wedding. We had to go push her out of a ditch. That was exciting. Uh, you know, the normal fun stuff. I watched a movie this week. Um, I watched that Beatles movie yesterday. The one about the guy that woke up and or he got hit by a car and then he woke up and the Beatles, no one knew who they were. It was okay. I mean, if you're a Beatles fan, you'll like it. The movie as a whole was very, very average. It was a basic, you know, love story, rom-com. But if you're a Beatles fan, it was fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if I watch anything. Are we recording now? We are. 
Okay, hi guys. Hi. Um, this is going to be our week five NFL picks. Um, this is brought to you by BetDSI as well. Again, go sign up at BetDSI.com. Use promo code YWIL for a 100% bonus match and a free $25 wager to test the waters. Uh, you can bet on every game, the money line, um, the over under, over under. Um, you know, parlay your fucking picks. Do whatever you want, but use it at BetDSI and get your free $25 wager by using promo code YWIL. Uh, heading into week five, um, I'm only one game behind you now, Josh. Uh, each of us didn't have a very good week. Um, I went eight and seven. You went seven and eight, and Taylor went seven and eight. So Taylor is really uh, he's sinking fast. Yep. Um, so I, I, on the yearly standings, Josh, you are in first place at 39, 23, and one. Uh, I am at 38, 24, and one, and Taylor sits at 32, 30, and one. Uh, I know he's doing better with his betting, but he not so good with his win losses. Um, so. How did your uh, team do this week? <laughs> they lost. They lost. Yeah, and you hyped up their pass rush. That's the most thing I was disappointed. And I picked them, yeah. and they got zero sacks. Uh, well, I didn't pick them. <laughs> they, that's true. You didn't pick them. You did not. But you did say they had a good pass rush, and they didn't. And they didn't. And they didn't. Yep. Um, all of our teams lost. Um, and for t- for poor Taylor, who picked his team as a wild card team, at least I was realistic about mine. Uh, apparently, I wasn't. No, you were not. Um, I, that's one thing I'm. To good be at. fair, we all picked the Falcons to be playoff team. So I uh, did not pick them to be a playoff. I think you picked them as a no. Wild card. I picked the I picked the 49ers as a wild card, and uh, I forgot who else it was. Cowboys, I believe. Okay, fair um, enough. Because I picked the Eagles to win the division. I may I may have. I don't want to say it definitively, but I don't remember picking them. Um, okay, so why don't we get into this week's picks? I already have Taylor's. Um, I need to. I, I wish I asked him while I was on the phone about a couple of these picks because he's a fucking jerk. Um, okay, so first game, Thursday night game. Really, really good game uh, in the NFC West. Uh, Los Angeles Rams coming off a fucking. Th- this game wasn't as close as the score indicated. Uh, the Rams got butt fucked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the score of, I think it was 55 44. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Uh, the Rams heading to Seattle. Um, Seattle, one and a half point favorite. Seattle coming off a victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, the Rams, even when they were terrible, always played the Seahawks really, really well. Yeah. But with that said, uh, even though they're three and one, I have not been overly impressed with the Rams once this year. They're not the same team as they were last year. No, um, Goff is he, Goff and Mitch Trubisky both. Uh, Goff is better than Mitch Trubisky, but Goff is not a guy that I think you can rely on to be your franchise quarterback in a game like where you need to put up fifty fucking points. Yeah, can it be done? Sure, but. The, the less the running game is working for him and the less that Sean McVay can create these schemes and these movements on the line, the worse off he's going to be. And Todd Gurley saw his least amount of carries in any game he's ever played. What's up with Todd Gurley, He's got man. arthritis in his knee, man. He, he's not going to have a long career. He's a really good back, but his longevity, he's going to, you know, he only had six carries. I mean, it's hard when you fall behind 21 nothing, but he's a great pass catcher, and you didn't give him those opportunities. Yeah. Um, so for me, on the road Thursday night, I'm going to take the Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson's been doing great things with the football. He might be, Russell Wilson, the most important quarterback to his team for their offense. I don't know if any other team relies on their quarterback more than the Seahawks do with Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take the Seahawks to win this one. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm taking the Seahawks as well. I've got a lot of faith in uh, New York Yankees second baseman, Russell Wilson. Uh, <laughs> the- he's a great quarterback, great second baseman. Yeah, great second baseman. <laughs> um, and Taylor also took the Seahawks. Uh, okay, next game is uh, the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites, coming off a really, really bad loss to the Browns, um, where their supposedly great defense let Baker Mayfield just light them the fuck up. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers coming off their first win against the Bengals. It was the Bengals. 
you know, nothing crazy impressive there. Um, the Ravens are reeling a little bit after starting off 2-0. and Now they're 2-2, two and two, kind of falling back to the pack a little bit. Um, but they always play the Steelers really, really well. And this is without Ben Roethlisberger. I think they, they have to bounce back from a two-game losing streak, and I'm confident they're going to do it in this one. Yep. I expect a big, big game from uh, Mark Ingram and from Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens as well. I expect a big bounce back. Uh, just like you said, they always play the Steelers tough. And yeah. uh, without Big Ben. They can't, they can't fold 0-2 in the division this early yeah. in the year. Without they can't. Big Ben, I can't they see can't. them. They can't. I can't see them keeping up. Yeah. Uh, next game, the Chicago Bears at the Oakland Raiders in London. Uh, the Raiders with a surprising victory over the Colts. The Bears yeah. losing Mitch Trubisky but pulling out the win against the Vikings because fucking Kirk Cousins stinks. Yeah. Um, for me... Even without Mitch Trubisky, uh, the Raiders are going to be a lot like how you've said the Browns are. They're going to be this up-down team. Um, they really, for being a team that plays in London every year, they don't play in London very well. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears' defense is fantastic. I think Chase Daniels is a pretty good backup. Yeah. He played pretty well last week against a decent Vikings defense. So for this one, I'm going to take the Bears. I got my eyes on one man in this game, and that man's name is Khalil Mack. Yes, he's. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't know why I didn't bring that up. The Khalil Mack revenge game. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's going to be <laughs> Like all... four sacks. Like He's going to be all over the football this game. At least one forced fumble. Absolutely. Okay, and uh, Taylor also took the Bears here. Uh, next game, this might be the only game all year where the Bengals are favorites until they play the Dolphins later this year. Um, the Arizona Cardinals at the Cincinnati Bengals. The O has to go, although I suppose the Cardinals could have another tie. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals. Uh, they haven't looked good. Uh, uh, Levo- oh, my God, I forgot, I forgot his fucking name. Uh, Kyler Murray. I said LeVar Murray. Uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Hasn't looked great, but he hasn't looked terrible either. The Bengals, meanwhile, looked awful on Monday night. Uh, I don't know when you're down two scores late in a game and you're still in it. I think we were down 17 points, three scores, excuse me, and you're running the ball like three straight plays. So there's no urgency. The red rifle looks like the red water gun. Uh, He's got nothing left. John Ross just got hurt. I'm going to take the Cardinals and Kyler Murray to get his first victory. Yeah, um, I think that for as bad as uh, the Dolphins have looked this year, I think that the Bengals are honestly worse. I think you could be potentially right. Um, just I have not seen a single thing out of that team that I like. There's they nothing. played tough the first three, two of the three first three weeks. They played the Bills tough, the Seahawks tough. They got demolished by the 49ers. You know, but if I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the first two weeks of the season. You know, everybody's coming out of the gate. You're New not coach, sure what you're getting. Off tape New on coaches. You. I don't know, man. It's just. Andy Dalton's not it, man. No. He's not it. Dalton would be fine on a team that is like a playoff team where he does like if he fell into a situation like Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans, he'd be fine. Yeah. Game manager. I think that you're talking about a guy who benefited from how great AJ Green was. AJ Green, in his I mean, they, they, he had a bunch of good weapons. They had good tight ends, mm-hmm. um, uh, Tyler Eifert. Yeah. They had a good running game on and off all the time. Good defenses backing up really good offensive line. Andre uh, Andrew Whitworth at the left tackle. Yeah. All those guys are gone, mm-hmm. and now it's just him. And he's not that guy. He's no. never been that guy. He's been in. I, I said he's a glorif- He's like a, one ring above Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's one of those guys. Yeah. So you're taking the Cardinals. I am taking the Cardinals as is Taylor. So again, we're got all in the same pick so far. Uh, this one, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Carolina Panthers. Two teams that started out poorly and now playing really, really well with their backup quarterbacks, believe it or not. The legend of Gardner Minshew continues. You know his um, career completion percentage is? I do. 69.420. That is somehow too perfect. Did you see the ESPN video with him and uh, Uncle Rico? I the whole commercial? It. it was fantastic. Um, the Panthers are playing really good, and their defense is fucking awesome. That's a really, really good defense in Carolina. Mm-hmm. With that said, 
I love the moxie on this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Yeah. Uh, Minshew is making the, the Jaguars' choice when Nick Foles is recovered very, very difficult, and I see no way right now with the way he – it's only three games, to be fair. You couldn't bench him right now. Um, so I'm going to take the Jaguars to go to 3-0 and under Gardner Minshew. Uh, I am going to be taking the Carolina Panthers in this game. They are uh, the favorite at 3.5 points. Defense is playing well. They're very, at very home, well. and uh, they got some weapons on offense. They certainly do. Um, and Kyle Allen's playing very good football. To his credit, he's playing very well. And I think people were very quickly writing off Ron Rivera as a coach, forgetting how good of a coach he is. Yeah. He, his guys love to play for him, and he goes to war for his guys. They're always highly motivated, and his teams are very rarely ill-prepared for games. But I, I'm, Taylor and I are both taking the Jaguars in this one. Uh, next game is the Minnesota Vikings at the New York Giants. Now, this line surprised me. On the road, the Vikings are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Giants now 2-0 and under Daniel Jones uh, at quarterback. Uh, Vikings losing. Uh, Kirk Cousins playing terribly. Uh, I, I've said it for a long, long time, back when he was the Redskins. Kirk Cousins is fool's gold. He doesn't beat good teams. He doesn't win in primetime. He doesn't win on the road. Someone had the audacity to say that he is about the same level as Tony Romo, and that is an insult to one Mr. Insane. Tony Romo. Absolutely I know Tony insane. Romo had come up small in big spots, but Tony Romo was on a Hall of Fame track until injuries took over. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins has done nothing to prove that he makes a team better. He never has. He never will. He, his, dude, there's a video of him at his um, his gender reveal party. Huh? Did you see this? I did. He goes to throw it. It's like three yards away, and he almost misses it. I don't understand how he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, he's not a starting quarterback. Is- I'd still, to this day, and I, I'm sure, I'll take heat for what I'm about to say, to this day, I'll still take RG3 over him. Yeah, I would, I would too. I mean, he... He tries being a deep ball thrower, and he has no accuracy. And the thing that the Vikings have done is they brought in Gary Kubiak trying to build up what the Broncos' offense was with him a couple years ago when they were won the Super Bowl to this you know running style. And then he's a guy that wants to sling it. And you don't have the weapons for that. you got these two burners in Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, and you got a guy that can't hit him. I know they were great last year, but you changed things up since then. Yeah. So uh, I think it's crazy that they're five-and-a-half-point favorites considering how bad they, the Vikings have been on the road. Mm-hmm. And with that said, I'm going to take the Giants to go to uh, three, three straight wins under uh, Daniel Jones. I, I think that they're the better team right now. They're not the better team overall, but I've— Said before the season started, I don't like the Vikings on the road. They're just not built that way. So I'm going to take the Giants uh, as an upset. Uh, this is a really, really difficult pick for me because I honestly believe that the Giants' defense cannot contain Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, um, that's a good point. But at the same time, the Vikings have been so absolutely horrible on the road yes. that it's a difficult pick to make. But because of my defensive concerns for the Giants... And because how good Dalvin Cook is and how good that line is at run blocking for him, mm-hmm. I got to go with the Vikings. Okay. I mean, it's they are favorites for a reason. I mean, and you have to think, Daniel Jones, you know, even though he won, he wasn't as good in his second game. Um, and he benefited from a, a terrible Redskins, Redskins team. But just, I'm telling you, the, and you saw the, the Vikings receivers are starting to kind of speak out yeah. about um, Kirk Cousins. Something weird is going on, and I don't know if Mike Zimmer has... I think Mike Zimmer is a very, very good coach, but when those rifts start happening in the locker room, I'm interested to see how he handles it. Yeah. Uh, next game, this should not take very long. Uh, the New England Patriots at the Washington Redskins. Patriots <laughs> 4-0. Uh, barely got by the Bills, uh, but they got by the Bills. Won a terrible game from Tom Brady, but their defense is still God great. Goddamn, man. You know what? Like I... I- I don't mind my pick from last week no, because you shouldn't they, have they won if, that game on a blocked fucking punt. Yeah, I mean, and if you, I mean, that's the block punt is the most statistically proven. 
play um, in football that if you block a punt, you win the game. Like I think I, the number if you block a punt in the game, the team wins like eighty seven percent of the time. Yep. It's some crazy stat, and they could maybe the Bills could have won if Josh Allen didn't get hurt. We yep. you know we'll never really know. But um, it's not like Josh Allen was playing particularly well either. He had a couple drives at the end there before he got hurt, and it was a dirty hit that took him out as well. But, I mean, the Patriots are, should crush the Redskins, right? They're 15.5-point favorites on the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I, I, might, I might throw some money on the Redskins just, just to, to just see, see what if they happens. Cover, to see if they cover it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to put you down for the Patriots. Uh, next one, another huge line, uh, New York Jets at Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles 13.5-point favorites. Eagles with a really impressive victory. Thursday night on the road in Green Bay. Um, their offense suddenly came to life um, consistently throughout the game. Uh, played very good defense down the stretch as well. Uh, shouldn't be too much time here. I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, taking the Eagles. Yeah, also. all three of us are taking the Eagles there too. Uh, next one. This is a good game now. Uh, suddenly, it's interesting. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints three and a half point favorites at home. Um, I love this Saints team. Uh, I've said it for a while. This it, for me is the best defense in the NFL right now. That performance against the Cowboys was sensational. Yeah, was absolutely sensational. That was a championship performance. As good a defensive performance I've seen from a team in the last few seasons outside of, you know, big games like the Patriots shutting down the, the Rams last year in the Super Bowl. Um, but it's a really good defense. You don't need Teddy Bridgewater to do, do too much. Um, uh, I think that, you know, while Tampa Bay just exploded for 55 yards and they should have beaten the Giants and they should be 3-1 and one realistically, um, I still think the Saints are going to win this one at home. I think they always play really well in divisional games. I know they beat them in New Orleans last year yeah. in the first week of the season, but um, I think the Saints, they have something to prove. I think that they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're, they're, they're playing fast. They're playing loose. They're playing very quality, good quality football on both sides of the ball. They got four field goals, and they won. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints as well. I love Bruce Arians. Don't love James Winston. I don't think that they're clicking yet. Uh, you I mean, know. they put up 55 points. Yeah, but... I mean, it's it, it felt fluky the whole time. That, they, that felt fluky to me. It, it, well, it definitely was fluke. I mean, anytime you put up fifty against a defending NFC champion, it, it's it's fluky. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we're all t- Taylor's taking the Saints as well. Uh, next game, your Atlanta Falcons at the Houston Texans. Uh, Texans five point favorites at home. Uh, Texans coming off a really really bad loss. Yeah. A really really bad loss. Atlanta coming off a really really bad loss. Two teams coming off bad losses. I'm taking the home team. Um, I still don't love the Texans. Um, Deshaun Watson's getting hit way, way too much still. I think he's been sacked 19 times this year. He got sacked six times this past week. Um, But as we know, the Falcons have no pass rush. Yeah, apparently. As we now know. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to take the Texans. I expect a big, big game from uh, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson uh, uh, running the ball. Yeah, I'm going to take the Texans. Okay. Oh, I I was hoping you were going to take the Falcons because we have a lot of similar picks again. We're going to fuck. You should just keep taking the same pick so I can't catch you. <laughs> nah, I can't do that. <laughs> that would be so cheap. It's like the cocksucker in the prices, right? That just bids $1 more. You know what happens that way? What? <laughs> well, Taylor wins and you get the tattoo. Uh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> that would suck. I should do that. <laughs> Uh, Taylor's also taking the Texans. Uh, next game, this is a good game. Uh, interesting game, I would say. I don't know about good. Buffalo Bills at Tennessee Titans. We already talked about what the Titans did to the Falcons. Uh, best game Marcus Mariota's had this year. Bills coming off the loss to the Patriots. I think the Bills are headed for a bit of a a, a, val- a, a valley. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know that's a, a lot of emotion goes in that Patriots game, and now you're expected to come bounce back. Um, against a team that you know just came off a win, a non-divisional win, they see the t- Titans to me see this as a game to make up ground in the AFC again, and they see their division is still wide open. 
Um, I think the Titans win this one. I, I, I still don't love Buffalo's offense. Their defense is great. I do not love their offense. Um, so I'm going to take the Titans in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Titans at home. I think that they're uh, very efficient at running the game yeah. through their running backs. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. And that that's where it goes. And Derrick Henry's been fantastic since last year. Yeah. And um, Taylor's taking the Bills, um, which it's not a bad pick. No, it's not I, a bad I, pick one, I don't know if Josh Allen is cleared from his concussion yet, so that'll be interesting to say. But um, this is a very interesting game with major wild card implications. Uh, next game, uh, the Denver Broncos at the Chargers. Uh, Chargers are just came off the win over the Dolphins. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites. Did not play great in the first half against the Dolphins, um, which same thing the Cowboys did the week before. Dolphins play well in the first half, and then they don't have the talent to keep up with it, but they overcame. They won. Um, Broncos 0-4, not a good team. Actually, a really bad team. Lost Bradley Chubb for the year now. Uh, Vic Fangio looks lost. Offense looks lost. Uh, Philip Lindsay's not getting the ball enough. Uh, Chargers, they got this game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Chargers Taylor. got it. Uh, too, too banged up in Denver, especially on defense. Yeah, and Taylor picked uh, the Chargers as well. Uh, next game, this is probably game of the week. Uh, Green Bay Packers at Dallas Cowboys. Uh, as we mentioned, both teams coming off losses. Uh, Packers to the Eagles and Cowboys to the Saints. Um, I like the Cowboys at home. I think... Uh, you know, they, they, we've been raving about the Packers' defense coming in this year, and uh, their offense hadn't been that great. Well, their offense showed up on Thursday night against the Eagles, and their defense disappeared, especially their run, their run defense is horrendous. Yeah. That's the biggest problem, and that's the issue they're going to have in this game. I expect a huge game from Zeke, a huge game from Dak. I expect their offense to open it up more after having some questionable offensive play calls against the Saints. Um, yeah, I like the, the Cowboys at home in this one. Uh, yeah, the last couple times that we've seen Green Bay travel to Dallas, uh, it, hasn't, it, it hasn't gone good for them. So well, except that playoff that. game where uh, Jared Cook uh, caught that crazy sideline catch that made Grohau want to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I send him that picture sometimes <laughs> randomly. Um, so are you taking the Cowboys? I am. I am. Okay. And Taylor's taking uh, the Packers, which it's not the craziest pick in the world. I mean, it, it's they're both 3-1, and one, and they are both got there for a reason. So to me, this is more or less a coin flip game. I'm not confident either way. This is the one where I have to. I want to talk to Taylor. <laughs> I wish I'd talk to him. Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs. Colts coming off a really, really bad loss at home. Chiefs coming off a really impressive fourth-quarter victory in Pat Mahomes' first indoor game. Um, the Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites. Taylor's taking the Colts. Um, I like the Colts. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs' offense. If you can't put up at least 30, you're not winning. Yeah. You're not winning. And the Chiefs' defense, their pass rush is pretty damn good. Chiefs. Easy. Yeah, it's got to be the Chiefs. I can't see. I like Joe. I like what I've seen from uh, Brissett this year. Yeah, he's played really, really well. I don't see him keeping up with Patrick Mahomes. No, and I mean, if you just saw what happened on Sunday, he's not a guy that's going to be able to rally his team down from two scores. And this is what's going to happen. It is going to happen at some point where you got to keep up offensively. You got to go tit for tat with the Chiefs' offense, and I don't think they can do it. Yeah. So you're taking the Chiefs, and as I said, Taylor's taking the Colts, and this is a good Monday night game. Um, the Cleveland Browns at the San Francisco 49ers, the undefeated 49ers, 49ers being three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, the, the Browns, man, they that was the game that might have turned their season around against the Ravens. Yeah. Um, they played great offensively, specifically in offense, but that is a damn good defense in Cleveland. That's a really, really good defense. Um, with that said, I think coming off the bye week at home, Riding high, three and zero. Play a very physical brand of football, which is usually the way you have to counteract a physical defense and a good defense like the Browns, and a really, really physical defense in their own right. 
um, that could rattle Baker Mayfield. I'm going to take the 49ers at home. Uh, I'm going to take Cleveland on the road here. Uh, I like what I saw from them last week. It uh, looks like the offense is clicking a little bit. I expect a bigger game this week from Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, he was, uh, he was non-existent. non-existent. What, do you have two catches for five yards? Yeah, or, or three fantasy points. Ooh, oh, yeah. What's your fantasy team record now? One and three. Oh, uh, who have you lost to so far? Ralph and his wife and uh, Mark. Okay, so you've lost to the, almost the whole family. Yeah, basically, and I actually <laughs> think I have Jill this week. So, so you're going to lose to the whole family. Yeah. Oh my God, are you going to be done with fantasy again after this year? I I may, I may very well. It's be. not enjoyable, man. Like it just no. it's something about it. Just like you know what? Like I look at it from this standpoint. You and I are statistics sure. guys. We 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 deep dive into what yeah. guys are doing. Yeah, sure. So if I look at a team that has. Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. Like, oh, and Dak Prescott and Antonio and, Brown. Uh, what's the What's the Titans running back's name? Derrick Henry Derek, and Derrick yeah. Henry and Antonio Brown and the Bears defense and Justin. You Tucker. should be. I should be, be at fucking least two undefeated. and two. At I should be two. undefeated with those guys in theory but, on the same team. But no, I'm a fucking cunt. Yeah. So well, that's what you get. You should have just stayed retired. <laughs> I should have. All right, and I got four bets. I got some bets from Taylor. Um, again, bet at bet DSI. Use promo code YWIL. Uh, he's got a 14 parlay this week. Um, um, the Cardinals at uh, uh, three and a half to cover the Ravens money line, Bills plus three, and the Patriots money line. Um, and then he's got the the Broncos at six and a half to cover, the Packers at plus three to cover, and he likes the over in Giants Vikings at forty three and a half. So place those bets. Um, if you win, you know, good. If you don't, I'll give you Taylor's address, and then you can kill him while he has pneumonia. But anyway, okay, so I think we're wrapped up. I think uh, so. This was episode 71 of You Watch, I Listen. Again, the picks for this week were GBH, City Baby, Attacked by Rats, and George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. Um, we will see you motherfuckers next week. Peace. Peace.